I'm Sam Seitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. And I was so psyched to do this interview with South Jersey's favorite weatherman. Of course, I'm speaking about Nor'Eastern Nick. And I knew, reading his bio and, and learning about him before the episode, I knew this was going to be an interesting episode. I didn't realize it was going to be this interesting Really, Nor'easter Nick is a fascinating guy, a great guy, and very passionate about bringing you the weather. So, without further ado, please welcome my new friend, Mr. Nor'easter Nick. You're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton. That's with me, Sam Sattels, and you want to know what I'm going to give them? Only the finest that Hamilton has to offer. The biggest blueberries you've ever seen, baby. And they're all here, right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely. Oh, good. Good way to start. Wrong microphone is on. Hello, hello. <laughs> Testing. We should have totally done this. I was asking you <laughs> if you knew how to do this. Clearly, I don't. Uh, can you give me a test, test, one, two? Test, test, one, two. Three, four. Beautiful. Beautiful. Sounds good. Dude. Um, I'm excited about this one. Me too. We can have a good conversation. It, it's 100%. been a long time coming, like you said, outside the studio. Yeah, so. you finally made it, man. Yeah. yeah. yeah the, a couple of weeks ago, we were supposed to do it, and then the, the dog fell ill. How so. is the dog? Good. I mean, uh, both of them are a little rambunctious, but the one, we have a, we have a Boston and a kind of a mutt. Well, the Boston just gets into everything. Are we talking about Zeus? Yes. Okay, Zeus. Everything. Everything. Uh, Sky, she she likes to, to sit out back, and uh, I think she got into the medicine cabinet somehow. <gasps> no. She had an ibuprofen. Don't, okay. Don't, okay. Don't know how. But, of course, I'm freaking out, and uh, it's like, whoa, no, what, what, what do I do? Uh, we ended up giving her some peroxide and having peroxide? her throw up. Yeah. Because when they drink it, it expands the stomach and anything that they had comes out. Did you so, know this ahead of time or did I you did. Google? I did. Oh. Uh, because of something she did years ago. Uh, <laughs> but that's exactly what the vet recommended us doing before I took her to the actual uh, vet. So It worked? She puked it, it up? It worked. And... Uh, but I still want to take her just to you know be safe. That's your baby. But of course. I've had her since she's been a six-week-old puppy. How old are they now? Six years. They're still that rambunctious? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, apparently Boston's lived to be like 14. So Zeus is... It's not even middle age. No, yet. not at all. Yeah, I remember <laughs> with, with my dog, who is also a mutt, like a Heinz 57 kind of thing, he was off the wall. I mean, he was a street <laughs> dog. I brought him in, and I mean, he was off the wall, and I kept thinking, like, God, I love this dog. I cannot wait for him to calm down. Uh-huh. Man, I'll tell you, once they start calming yeah. down, yep. <laughs> it's like, wait, no. I know. I know. I, I'm not looking forward to that. I, I still like the, the energy. You know, it's yeah. good. It's good. Except when, when you I'm, come home and, oh, oh Nick, yes, it's good to see you. Yes. I missed you, man. I missed you. Yes. <laughs> Except when I'm, you know, live on TV and one of them walks through the door and uh, you can hear their nails on the, the floor and I'm like, oh, come on. Wait a minute. So do you do... Most of your recording or all of it from home? Every single bit's at home in my home studio. No I, way. My commute is walking down the steps into my office. Dude, me and you have the exact same commute. <laughs> no, it's great, isn't it? It's fantastic. It's, uh, yeah. I. But, but how does that work? Do you work for a news station or what? No, weather? I'm completely independent. Come on, dude. Uh, the, no way. The last station I worked for was SNJ. 
Uh, we took over for NBC 40. I was at 40. Then the guy hired me at uh, SNJ to take over. Have you been, you've been down here, what, six years? Six years, yeah. So before me, there was a guy named Dan Skeldon. Uh, he was like the big guy for years and years. I think he was down here for like 15 years. In fact, I met him as a kid. I invited him over to my TV studio in Brigantine Elementary, and I interviewed him. I was doing weather in middle school and elementary school, and I asked him, I want to name like Hurricane Schwartz, and he says, Nor'easter Nick, and that's how it started 24 years ago. Do you hear that, Lisa? I didn't even have to ask him why the name Nor'easter Nick. <laughs> Look, he just came out with it. Yeah. Yes. So you were given it to by someone that you kind of looked up to. Yes. Yes. And then, it, as luck would have it, as as things uh, you know come full circle, I ended up replacing him. All those years later, uh, he moved on from NBC Forty once we closed down. Uh, I took over in that capacity for SNJ. We were on the air for four years, and then it just didn't work out. You know, it, it, TV in New Jersey is almost impossible uh, with advertisers and whatnot. Uh, in a, is that because most people are just streaming? And yeah, I think that the digital age is going to kill broadcast television. Uh, we see it even in the Philadelphia market. Now, I have had uh, several conversations with people up in Philly. Hey, come work for us. I, I talked to every major station in Philly just to entertain the idea. Uh, from what I'm hearing, they're cutting jobs. They're going to be cutting back on newscasts. And uh, they don't have these big productions that they used to out in the field. It's all one-man bands. And uh, that's just the future uh, of this field. So I saw that after the last station closed down. And I said, you know what? I don't really have a desire to do broadcast TV anymore. I want to use my following. I'm going to start my own business. And uh, I was on vacation in Key West when I found out that we were closing in, in two weeks. So in my mind, I'm like, well, what do I do? You know, the, the options are, okay, do I go back into retail? Because I was a, a store manager for ShopRite for many years. Uh, or do I pick up and go to another market and just start over from scratch? And I didn't want to do that. So I reached out to all of our advertisers and said, hey, I'm going to start my own business, uh, whether uh, on Facebook, on my website, would you sponsor me? And uh, it took off, and that's what I do now. That is so crazy. I was going to ask, where does the money, how do yeah. you get paid for that? Well, but So you have people advertising uh -huh. with you. It's all about, I find, you know, ads are everywhere. I mean, we are served, we're probably being served ads as we're sitting here. Uh, it's every, in every aspect of our lives, advertisements are, are pummeling you. I've come up with an, a non-invasive solution. Local businesses sponsor my content because I have a page that people are looking for. So you under- your, Do you mean your website? A website, Facebook page, and, and whatnot. So under the forecast, I write the paragraph of a, whatever the business wants me to put out there, and they get a logo, and they get tagged on Facebook, and that's it. And I, there's nothing annoying about that if- the person, if the, the customer or the viewer wants to read that ad, they can read it. If they don't want to read it, they just move on. But the really cool thing about this is, you know, years ago, you had to wait for Nielsen ratings for TV and radio mm. and whatnot. I don't need that. I, I, I just posted the other day. Uh, very interesting, actually. I have the, the stat here, which I am very proud of because I think this is a, a huge accomplishment. Um, and, and this further 
uh, went into my whole idea of why this is uh, a, a great platform to use. Do you know what the population of South Jersey is? Just South Jersey? Yes. Gosh, man, I'm going to be so off. Uh, Just take a guess. I would say uh, 3 million. Okay, well, I mean, 1.85. Okay. So, I mean, think about it. I mean, we have that population triples in the summer because of Atlantic and Cape May County. But, you know, just shy of 2 million. That's where we are. So my Facebook page last month in a 30-day period reached 1.75 million. So I'm I'm reaching 90% of the South Jersey population as a one-man band. How did that happen? Hard work. Being everywhere. (laughs) You know, I I have interns that come to me and, and say, you have 80,000 people that follow you on Facebook. How do you reach so many people? And I'm like, there's no magic solution to it. It's, I've been doing this professionally for 12 years. It's, I've been everywhere. Like everywhere you turn, I'm, I'm going to be there somewhere in some capacity. You have to do that for people to recognize who you are. It gets much easier as time goes on, but the first four or five years, it's grueling work. You know, you have to put so much time and attention into it. But to this day, I, I, I'm blessed in that what I do isn't just my career, but it's also my hobby. So if I wasn't doing it professionally, I'd still be doing it as a hobbyist. So I live and eat this stuff. So I, I, it, it appears as though I work 24-7. I, I'm always on. And I think over the years, I've kind of developed that trust with the viewer. And they know that they can always come to the page and I'll be there. And I try my best to answer every comment, every message. It's almost impossible sometimes. I see. You get a lot of comments. Oh, yes. <laughs> and unfortunately, look, there, there's, a, there's a downside to it. And I, I've come to this realization uh, probably a couple years ago. I am horrible. And this is going to sound very oxymoronic here. I am horrible at communication. So communication with friends and in texting. Right now, if I were to guess, I'd say I have, I don't know, 60 unread text messages. You know, I've fallen victim to this before. I know. (laughs) And I've apologized. I was like, I don't know if Nick really wants to do this, man. No, 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 no. So I have all these people that have been not read and it's just, I... I swear I have undiagnosed ADHD. So I I get involved in something and then I'm working on it and then I'm like, oh, squirrel. And then I move on to the the next thing. It's just, I've always been that way. So I put so much time and and attention into my job. Sometimes when people are messaging me, I I don't get back to them. And it's frustrating for them and it's frustrating for me because I feel really bad when I go back and I'm like, oh, I didn't answer that person in two weeks, and what they wanted is completely irrelevant now. But I think that's working. I think that might be a big reason on why people enjoy your uh, weather report so much because you don't have to answer to anybody, right? Right. This is you get to be all ADHD you, however (laughs) you want to be, am I right? This is very true. I've always, even when I worked for uh, local TV, uh, I mean. These are stations that were like mom and pop owned, you know, that there was never any kind of major conglomerate. Uh, so my my bosses, I'm still friends with to today, you know, we're very close. They knew how I was. They just let me be me. 
Um, but the upside to what I do now versus if I were to work for like a Philly station or, or somewhere else, their producers tell you mm. you can and you can't talk about these certain things. If there's an inch of snow, that they, they hype it like, you know, that the second coming of Jesus is, is on, on its way. And it's, it's horrible. Uh, that is the uh, number one thing that just irks me about uh, bigger media these days because I understand why they do it. They need clicks and views in the digital age. That is what is driving their revenue a lot more than TV advertisement. It's just, it's... Uh, so even even the weathermen are falling into this oh yeah. fake news. Yes, it's it stinks. It's awful, man. And it will be the downfall. It has to be the downfall. It is. And it, it is a horrible feeling when I've fallen victim to... I've been on the boardwalk in Wildwood just doing a weather report. And, you know, somebody comes by on a bike and, and yells fake news. Well, first of all, you idiot, I'm not the news. I'm just doing the weather report. And second, you know, I just want to push them off the bike. Yeah. That, that sounds very violent. <laughs> and I, I, I'm sorry. I'm not like that. But no, I mean, come on. I, we work so hard in local news. Once you get to regional and national, forget it. I, I mean, there are narratives. Absolutely. I am 100% convinced of that. Uh, but you lose control of the facts. And I've always been deliberate to get the facts out there, whether you like them or not. I don't sugarcoat anything. And uh, I am never, I don't care if there was a major company that said, oh, we're going to, you know, spend $5,000 a month with you if you hype up the snowstorm for, for bread mm -hmm. and milk. There's morals, you know, and I, integrity means more to me than, than money. Uh, but with- It's a loyalty to your fans right, too exactly, and your followers. Exactly. And I, I think- my success is because I'm trusted and people can come to me and know that I'm not going to be like somebody else. I'm going to tell you, well, yeah, they're, they're blowing it way out of proportion. And look, let's face it, the, the science of the matter, meteorology isn't an exact science. But when you look at it and look at, okay, that this storm looks to, to be a 950 millibar super storm. It's going to you know destroy everything. 90% of the time, that doesn't verify. So that is already on your side. So I, I go into every storm kind of like a pessimist, looking for a way to pull it apart and uh, find a way where it's not going to verify. Uh, if a storm has like a, a max potential of 80 miles an hour on, uh, on our models, I'm going to automatically take 70% of that you know, 30% off of what it says, and I'm going to end up somewhere, okay, this is probably going to be like 55 or 60. It, that's just what makes sense to me. And over the years, uh, verifying, because I have books and books and books of uh, just, I record every single weather forecast. I, I write down my observations versus the forecast, and then I, I do an accuracy match at the end of the month because that's important to me. I, I like to be held accountable. Um and I find that accuracy rating is about 90, 92%, depending on the month, which I think is pretty good. Uh, now, I am harder on myself. I, I consider accurate within two degrees of what you say. Uh, and then precipitation, I think there's different criteria or whatnot. But uh, yeah, I think 90 to 92 is pretty good. But I, I think a lot of folks these days with us in the weather field, they say, oh, they, this is the most frustrating thing ever. Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. That they, they, they never get it right. That is, that is the, that's yes. what people say, right? But you know why? Because most people are paying attention to their smartphone. 
And the smartphone, there's no human in there calculating all this. It's all based off of forecast models. So every time they update, your phone updates, and it's four times a day. So it looks like we're all over the place, but in reality, it's just your computer talking to another computer trying to get the weather. That when you look at human forecast, even those who hype it out of proportion, it, the accuracy rating is over 85%. So I don't know where people get this idea that it's just a flip of the coin. It's not. The more you're talking, the more I'm realizing the importance of what you do. And not only that, but, you know, as someone who loves to podcast, I used to be a pro wrestler. Like I teach, I love to teach and entertain. Like I, I love people who are in the arts mm -hmm. and like, I've never seen it like this before, but I'm getting this great feeling from you. Like for you, maybe not for everyone who does this craft, but for you, it feels, it seems like an art form. It is. And it, it's something that you just like what you do, you, you, you hone in on it and, and you kind of uh, sharpen those skills over time. And I get, I mean, there are a lot of people that aren't weather weenies. I, I'm a, <laughs> I, I'm a self-described weather weenie. Super weather weenie. Yes, uh, where I get <laughs> visibly upset if I'm wrong. Like I hate to be wrong. It, it is the worst feeling ever. I feel like I, I failed everybody, uh, and wow. and I, I've had to come to terms with that. I've gotten better over the years, but it, it's it's a pride thing. It's uh, you know. You, Let's say there's a, a snowstorm coming. You start working on it about five days out. You start putting out there, hey, the pattern's lining up, it, it's possible. And then within 72 hours, you probably get about eight hours of sleep. At least I'm, I'm talking from my perspective. It's nonstop. Uh, Facebook Lives, written uh, dissertations. I, I I joke with people. It's like I write the Iliad and Odyssey. Uh, I, I will write- Long epics, huh? Yes, I, I will write- 5,000 word uh, analysis pieces. Whoa. But over time, I've also come to realize at the very top of it now, I do what's called a uh, soccer mom with five kids summary. And I do like 10 bullet points just to get the main facts out there. And then for anybody that loves this stuff, they can actually read all, all of the, uh, the science behind it. So I, I never used to do that. And then I realized one day I woke up and it's like I had an, an epiphany. I'm like, you know what? Most people have no idea what I'm talking about. So let me get what they need out of it. And if anybody mm. wants to go into it more, they can. So that's been very popular. But at any rate, you put so much work into it and then the anxiety builds up like an hour, a half hour before it's happening. And you're like, okay, where is it? And then your heart starts racing like, okay, it's 10 o'clock. This was supposed to start already. Uh, you see radar not really filling in. And you're like, okay, is this gonna bust? Is it gonna boom? Last year we had a storm uh, in February where I almost flip-flopped on it, almost. Uh, I was calling for like six inches of snow uh, and then the morning of, the temperature was not cold enough. It was 34 degrees. Radar started filling in, it started raining. And it's like six o'clock in the morning and I, said on my Facebook Live, well, this isn't looking good because 
you know, we're calling for six inches of snow. If it's raining, that that's going to be very difficult to do. But then I said, well, the whole idea is something called high vertical velocity, where when the precipitation falls at such a, a rapid clip above your head, it's much colder above our head by 5,000 feet. Uh, it's probably about 10 degrees colder up there. So what happens is that the rain can actually pull that cold down to the surface, and then you'll see that conversion over to snow. I took a nap. And I woke up and there was like an inch of snow on the ground. And I'm like, oh, thank oh. God, I'm, I, I'm saved. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I have been on the other end of that where you put all that work in and then nothing happens. And it's like, wow, I, uh, I blew that one. And uh, it, it's, it's a gut-wrenching feeling. But I, I do know others in the field that it's just a paycheck. They go. Long. I was going to ask you, man, does yeah. it feel like, I mean, here you are worried about lying to thousands of people which you know that sounds a little (laughs) nerve-wracking to me do you think other dudes in your profession like take it to heart quite like you do there's a couple uh one of my closer friends in philly is uh, adam joseph uh channel six he is another weather weenie so we'll text back and forth on storms and we'll get the input of each other and like what do you think well what do you think uh and we're usually under what everybody else is doing because we have a very similar mindset but other stations uh, they could call for a 30-inch blizzard and it not happen. Then the next day, pretend it never happened. Just move on to the next thing. And I, I've never been able to do I, – I can't Dude, even – Dude, do you ever, like, get on there and it's like, guys, I'm sorry? I, I guess, yes, I, I do apologize because I, I think it's – Mother Nature is going to humble you uh, no matter if you've been doing this a year, 12 years, 20 years. I don't think in meteorology there's a such thing as an expert. Uh, because it's such an inexact thing and we are constantly learning new things. And what we do have, and it, I mean, we can argue until uh, the calcs come home uh, why it's happening, but we do have a changing climate. And that is adding to the uncertainty uh, to things. I mean, I've seen the change over the past 12 years of doing this. Uh, you know, I personally, for anybody wondering out there, I think it's a mix of natural cycles and human activity. It's not exclusively one or the other. It, right. It, 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 it's a marriage between the two. Right. And, you know, uh, everything's become political. I, I, I'm a fan of, you know what, instead of pro-climate change stuff, let's do pro-Earth. I think everybody can get on the idea of clean water. Now are we talking about round Earth or flat Earth? Well, obviously it's flat, right? I, I mean, come on. You heard it here first, Nor'easter Nick. <laughs> oh, you know, the, the, the theories people come up with, it's oh my uh, gosh. really interesting. But uh, Yeah, that's one way to describe it. You know, I mean, the Coriolis effect. I mean, that wouldn't be possible if the earth was flat. What but, is the Cor- Coriolis effect? Yeah. What is that? So it's, it's how uh, weather systems move around the world. Okay. Uh, a hurricane would just go off of the side oh. of the, the earth, you know, if the, if it wasn't a globe. So it, uh, the momentum that the gravitational pull of the, the, the spherical earth keeps our weather systems in, you know, that this Going round uh, and round. Right. Exactly. Hey, so do you mind if we go to the way, way back? Let's go before the nor'easter. Sure. Of course, dude, it, I find it crazy that, you know, little kids running around wanting to be police officers. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be WWF champion. You, at a very young age, yeah. knew what you wanted to do. Yeah, I think how, how I did was, that happen? I was born with a barometer. Uh, <laughs> now you know. So I guess in the way way back machine, I was uh, I was given away as a kid. Uh, my grandmother raised me. Uh, I grew up in Brigantine. Uh, she took care of me. Uh, I 
learned everything I needed to know from her. Was she, this immediately when you were a baby? This is what happened? I was or? like around one. Okay. Yeah, well, one year old. I, I had a, uh, a younger brother. Um, but my, my mother was uh, addicted to pain medication. And, uh, you know, I think years after the fact, you, you kind of understand what happened. But growing up as a kid, you don't. And it's like, well, I was given away. You know, I never had that, that motherly love. Uh, my grandmother was amazing, but she was not a, a warm person. Uh, she was very, you know, by the book, she was very business. Were you getting hugs from anybody at this point? In no, your not life? really. You know, I, I, yeah. I was like emotionally dead when I was little. Um, but no, I, I mean, I grew up really fast and I, I was like a, a 50 year old when I was in middle school. It's yeah, I guess just, it kind of had to be. Yeah, right. Huh? Exactly. Uh, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's when I was 10. Whoa. So I had to learn how to cook and clean and do dishes and, and balance a checkbook and pay bills and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, up until then, she encouraged me to do everything. Uh, she would take me on the on the train. I I, I love trains. If I didn't become a train a, guy, yeah. If I didn't become a, a meteorologist, I would have been a, a, a train engineer. Um, but anyway, uh, we grew up on the bay in Brigantine, and I was terrified of thunderstorms. Absolutely, uh, deathly afraid. I would hide under the bed up until a couple weeks ago, and uh, <laughs> I, 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 I would beg her to take me some like. I would start watching the Weather Channel, and a week out, if the thunderstorm icon appeared on that uh, seven day, uh, I would start planning in my head. No way. Okay, where are we going to go? So she was friends with all the police officers, so I'd ask her to take me to the police department. I felt safe there. I'd ask her to take me to the casino, uh, like Harris. She loved going. Never gambled a day in her life, but she liked walking around the casino, uh, and we, we would eat. I'd ask her to take me to the mall, anywhere where I couldn't see daylight. I didn't want to know what was going on. So I had a legitimate fear. Um, I grew up watching the Weather Channel uh, instead of cartoons, and all of my friends, both of them, thought I was crazy. Like, well, what are you doing? I've never uh, heard of this with anyone. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. Um, Why? Just looking out for storms or just? Well, that and I just had this this yearning interest that I, I, I didn't care about the cartoons. I wanted to, to, to know what made all of this happen. So... When I was six, uh, I, I don't even know what grade you're in, but maybe second Probably grade. first or First second. grade, okay, yeah. First, So yeah. Comcast, our, uh, our Brigantine Middle School was brand new at, at that point. It was just built the year I was there. And the city had a, an agreement with Comcast. Comcast came in and they built a fully functioning TV studio that was like state of the art. Wow. And this was, you know, when the casinos were at their height. Brigantine was a, a year-round thriving community. We had like 30,000 people that lived there. Uh, my graduating class in eighth grade was 400 kids. We had probably uh, you know, a few thousand in the school district. Now I think there's like 300 in the entire school. Uh, that's because you know the casinos and all the workers, it, it's just non-existent. It, it, Brigantine's right. become a, a beach town, just like everybody else. Um, but anyway, I, I auditioned to do the weather. I, I got the job. We did weather every morning and it started out with just like a map on a wall and then we got a green screen and I, I taught myself how to make PowerPoint uh, graphics. Um, CBS3, at the time when Kathy Orr was there and a guy named Tom LeMaine 
they had a contest called the Kid Caster Competition. So we went to the Hamilton Mall. I auditioned for that, and I won. No way. And I got to do the weather. What did they make you do to audition for that? So you would you stand in front of a camera. You stand in front of a map. And uh, you basically just give the forecast. They they give you a script that you read. And I didn't read the script. I had my own thing. And that's, I guess, what set me aside. Oh. And uh, I, I'll never forget, like, going into Philadelphia, meeting everybody. Uh, it, it's funny. There, there's a guy who used to be uh, an anchor there at that time. His name is Larry Menti. And some of the people listening to this might uh, remember who he is. He was in Philly for, for many years, NBC10, then CBS3. I would end up working with him many years down the road for a TV station up in New York that I did some freelancing for and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, so when I met him, this time 20-something years later, I, I said, I remember you from when I was a kid, and I showed him a picture, and he's like, oh, my God, that things come you know, so full circle. Um, but, yeah, I, I did that all through uh, uh, elementary and middle school. I thought after that it, it was over. Um, I, I graduated. I, my grandmother's condition got so bad she sold the house. I would end up moving in with my parents. Whoa, you went yes. back to your, your yes. parents. Yes, I had no other choice. I had nowhere Whoa. to go. So how was that? If you don't mind me well, asking, it, it was it was very difficult. Um, so I I had a brother. Um, he three years ago overdosed. Uh, my mother kind of just fed into all that. I uh, I told her many years ago that this was when he was just doing marijuana, and I said this is going to lead to other things because of the people he was hanging out with. And it's something that it's a horrible thing to be right about. You know, you don't want to be right about that. And he, he got into harder stuff and I put him through rehab several times, uh, as recently as three years ago. And whatever, I, I always felt like she favored him. I was like an outcast always. And we were, a year and a half apart. We were very close in age. Um, they made me get a job. I started at the Hamilton shop, right? Pushing carts. And I, uh, I paid a hundred dollars a week to live in this apartment with them. And I, uh, slept on the floor and I had to fend for my own. Like if they made dinner and I was home, great. I would eat. But if, I was working, there was no food. So I have to make myself something or buy something at work. Uh, so it was a very dark period. Were, was there any mother-son connection during this no, time? There no, was no not, love not or nothing like no, that? No, I'm jealous of people that I don't know what that's like. Um, and she's tried over the years to reconnect uh, and look, I'm, I'm open to it. I, I, I'm, really? forgi I, I'm forgiving after all that, huh? But at the same time, it's every time we get together, she's got nothing to talk about. So, but you, you I mean, is she interested in your life? Cause yours is a very interesting life. I mean, yeah, I, I guess. But the problem is every time we talk and I, I open my mouth I feel bad because I feel like I'm bragging because she's never actually had a job in her life. So everything I do just seems like, 
Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bragging now. And would she just not even be proud? or? I, I think she's proud, but it's... I, I, it sounds very difficult. It is an v- extremely difficult situation. You know, uh, my, my father, he's a good guy. Uh, he was dealt a bad hand in life. Uh, he was run over as a kid, uh, disabled. Um, you know, they, they're, they've been together for forever. Uh, I think they're finally going to split ways because really? they, they, they just can't stand each other anymore. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. But my outlet back then to, to escape all of that was school. I, I've always been, you know, I was that kid that was, I looked forward to getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning and heading to school. I would sit at the front row and get straight A's on everything and just raise my hand so for every question. You're super nerd. You're super uh, yes, nerd. Yes, exactly. Um, but I'll never forget the, the anxiety of going from Brigantine, which I spent my entire life in, to Hamilton. Uh, walking into high school for the first time. It's different if you go with a group of kids that you've always known than if you just immerse yourself in a new experience. So the first day, I'm, I'm walking around very awkward. I don't know anybody. I'm, I'm getting to, to know the classes and whatnot. And then uh, I hear an announcement for the TV station uh, auditions. Well, as luck would have it, my first year in Hamilton High School, they built a TV studio. It's like what I did all over again. So I made it a point to go down to the TV studio and talk to uh, Demiso Josie, who was- uh, Oh, Dr. Josie. I had him on my show. Shout out to you, Dr. Josie, (laughs) the man. I love him. Love that guy, man. He honestly changed my life. Really? Oh, I can't wait to talk to him about this. Between him and uh, his- partner in the classroom at the time was Gary Joseph. It was funny because you had Josie and Joseph and they complimented each other very well. Um, Josie, his, in his earlier life was a producer for six ABC. So he ran that classroom like a newsroom. And it was so cool because we learned so much. So I started doing the weather in high school every single day. And then, uh, it was junior year. Uh, they asked me, well, what are your plans? You know, what are you going to do? You're, you're very good at this. And I said, well, I don't know because my grandmother was in an assistant living house at the time. I did not want to leave to go to college. I, I didn't want to leave her because I would go visit her every day and, and that wow. kind of stuff. Um, so there was a while there where I was like, well, I can't afford college, so I'm, I'm not going to do it. And, uh, you know, even with the uh, the scholarships and whatnot, it just it was way too much money. So that's when I, I kind of put my dream aside. Uh, I I worked my way up the the shop rate corporate ladder, but when I was a junior, they they said make a demo video, and I said for what? You're crazy. I'm I'm 17. They said just just do it, and I sent it out, and NBC 40 called me back and said. We want you for weekends. How would you feel about that? And I'm that like, is so what? crazy. I know. Did they realize how old you were? Yeah, they knew I was 17. So wow. he, here I am going into my senior year doing real TV on the weekends, and my career just blossomed from that. Uh, now, granted, it was a $7 an hour job at the time, but still I was on real TV. Yeah. And... I continued to work my way up. Dude, you got your foot in the door yes. when you were 17. 
15, yes. still in high school. It's insane. Like it, That doesn't happen. I do not want to say what I was doing when I was 17 <laughs> in high school. Dude, that is amazing. Yeah, so uh, it, it's been quite the journey. Um, you know, I, I never thought that it would be a viable full-time career because Dan Skeldon was ahead of me. I never thought he was going to go anywhere. When they offered me, they did offer me full-time when I – graduated high school. I, I was 18. They said, how would you feel about doing full-time mornings? And they offered me $24,000 for the year. And I turned it down. I turned down my dream because ShopRite was getting ready to promote me to front-end manager. And the salary was double that. So at the time, I'm looking at dollar signs and I'm like, well, mm. I can still stay at NBC40 part-time and practice what I love to do, but I can get the financial stability at ShopRite. And I kept climbing the ShopRite corporate ladder. Uh, I actually left NBC40 for, uh, well, <laughs> stupid reason as a kid. You know, you, you make decisions that are uh, uh, stupid. Mm -hmm. um, so there was this girl that I was dating. This oh. was before I was gay. Um, and she didn't like the idea of me being away every weekend, we, we couldn't do anything together. So I just up and quit. And I regretted it every single day. Uh, I continued to, I became an assistant manager at ShopRite. Six months later, Dan Skeldon came back to me and said, hey, we have a problem. The, the, the person that, that took over for you quit. How would you feel about coming back and filling in? So I got back into it. And then from that point forward, I'm like, I'm not going to mess this up. Uh, I, I thought you know, all was good. And then uh, in 2014, we all got the notice that NBC was being sold. Uh, Comcast bought it and they did not want us anymore in Atlantic City uh, because we were taking ratings away from uh, Philadelphia Station. So they decided to close us down. Uh, SNJ, a local uh, businessman, decided to start a new TV station, pulled a lot of us from 40. And we did that for four years. And then... Uh, they didn't make it. Now we're back at the, the beginning of how I got yeah. into where I am now. Yeah. Wow, man. What a story. <laughs> That's incredible. That's... Where do you, like, you're so well-spoken. You got this awesome personality that people are just drawn to. But you grew up in this in this unusual situation, and especially in your teen years. Like, where does all this come from? This, this uh you, you know, you seem to be a bit of an extrovert and just lively and uh, just, a, just a fun dude to be around. Like, were you, and you said you were very quiet when you were younger. Like, when did this come out and how? So, believe it or not, and this might be a, a huge surprise for, for people listening, I'm still an introvert. Uh, I'm an extroverted introvert, if that makes any kind of sense. Please explain. Uh, when it comes to the public setting, when it comes to anything related to my job on camera, speaking events, I'm going to be the most friendly person you're, you're ever going to meet. When I'm around people my own age, that is when I shrink into a ball and I, <laughs> I don't want to, look, I don't drink. I, I've never done anything uh, that, uh, you know, most kids do, uh, partially because my grandmother, she owned a bar and I would ask her for bedtime stories every single night. Uh, and she would tell me, these long stories that I loved. I can recall some of them to this day. Uh, and those stories scared me about the bar. Now, she is somebody who never smoked, never drank. Like, I admired her. She was all about business. She was a shrewd businesswoman uh, who played a nice little old lady 
and would stab somebody in the back in, 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 in the business world and uh, always come out on top. Um, wow. But, uh, yeah, I, it was, uh, I don't know. Um, very quiet. I'm still very quiet. But uh, well, you think you learned a lot from her? I, I did by, by watching and observing. And uh, I think, honestly, as unfortunate as my situation was growing up on, on so many levels, uh, I wouldn't trade it. Why? Well, because it made me who I am. It shaped me into who I am. And I think when you are put out there to fend for yourself, you know yes. you have to make it. There's no other alternative. You either sink or swim. And uh, I, I chose to swim and I, I chose to uh, make it as successful, my life as successful as, as possible. And I, I will never stop. I, I am a workaholic. And I, I, one of the reasons I stay away from alcohol is because I know, I know full well that I do have an addictive personality. Luckily, I have channeled that into what I do. You know, my career is my addiction. Yeah, that's the idea, right? If you right. have an addictive, addictive personality, exactly. Exactly. be addicted to something awesome. So when... I use this, I use my, uh, my backstory as a way to teach others. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is go into schools and, and, and talk to kids growing up. And yeah, I'm there to talk about the weather, but the first 10 minutes is about me and, and my background. And then I, I try to connect that with this philosophy that I, I've, I've come to, to understand that, look, you are the only person out there that is going to tell yourself how far you're going to go or, or how much you're going to succeed. There is nobody else on this planet that can tell you, you know, when to stop or, or when to go. You are completely in control of your destiny. And I am 100% uh, uh, you know, supportive of everybody out there going through uh, these trials and tribulations. But look, life is all about stumbling blocks and roadblocks being put up in your way. But it's how you navigate around those roadblocks that's going to determine what your success is going to be and, and how you deal with those situations. And who you become. Yeah, right. It's like, uh, like that song, Life is a Highway. You know, it, <laughs> it's, it's just that. You're going to experience so much. Um, but yeah, I, I've done a lot. I've seen a lot in under 30 years, I, I'll be 30 in... Uh, in oh, well, you're just a kid, man. Next, next September, yeah. Man, I, you look that young, but like with all you've done, I just assumed you were older, man. Yeah, a lot of people do. I, it was funny, when uh, when I was at a TV 40, uh, I actually, I think I looked older back then. Uh, people thought I was in my 30s. And uh, to this day, uh, when I meet people in the store, at a restaurant, whatever, it's, uh, you look younger, you look... Uh, taller and you look thinner in person. And I'm like, wow, I'm short, old, and fat on TV. This is great. So thank you. Thank you for the compliment. Camrad, what, 10, 20? It's don't know. true. Yes, it does. It sure it, does, it right? It absolutely does. But <laughs> Yeah, whatever. dude, you look great, though. I want to, as a one of my biggest passions is uh, educating the youth and, right. and making a difference in their life. I went on your website and I was really interested when I saw the link for KidCaster, but it didn't look like uh, anything was set up for that yet. What is that all about? So it's something that I do every year uh, in homage to the KidCaster competition that I won all those years ago. Uh, I like to inspire kids and uh, it's just been so difficult with COVID because nobody wants to, to meet in person, you know? Uh, so I think as we get back to normal, uh, 
next year is going to be the the big you know uh, reveal of this because two years ago it was great we did the whole mall thing people line up and and did the auditions and whatnot uh, oh, i i, no I, I want to do that again this upcoming year well we did it virtually the past couple of years just it's it's not the same <laughs> no. you know but uh yeah it's just the same thing that i did and then i, I pick three winners and then they get to come do uh, the weather with me now i have a nice studio at my house uh in my my old house and uh, what age kids are you looking for uh up till 12 you know, so... Uh, What's the youngest you're looking for? Uh, probably like five. Oh, you know my kids are auditioning next time. Do it. I would love for them to audition. <laughs> be such a good... Make it or not, they would, it would be right. such a good experience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, it's a great way for, uh, you know, the, the, if there is a passion. It doesn't have to be weather. It could be, you know, anything that speaking involves publicly, public speaking. Speaking publicly, yeah. Yes. Um, which, by the way, was my favorite class in, in high school. Yes. My... Uh, classmates hated me. Were you confident? Oh my God, yeah. Dude, yeah, like, it took I, me so long. Really? Oh God, bro. But I look at you now. Look Come at on. me now, dude. <laughs> look at me now. Seriously, I would be the guy who's like, I got to do this in three weeks. Three, I'd be nervous for three weeks before my speech. Like, wow. Took a long time I, And I, I get that, that that is a, a, a big phobia. Um, it's the biggest. But honestly, Mrs. Peretti, if you're, if you're listening to this, I mean, she knows I never wrote a speech. I would just show up the day of and just talk. Like I, if you give me a subject, I will talk about it and I will make, I will convince you that I know what I'm talking about because that's what you got to do in, in, you know, public life. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I can't explain why I never had anybody teach me public speaking. It just happened. Like I did my college online. I never had an instructor telling me, you know, this is what you do. It's I just read the stuff that they told me to re read and I, I did the tests. That was it. You know, I, I mean, thankfully, because I didn't have to go away to uh, uh, Penn State and uh, I, I did everything the comfort of my, my living room. I, I also had to because I was working full time and I didn't do it until years after the fact. Uh, but truth be told, I mean, our industry is... One that you either can do it or you can't. I mean, mm. there's no, you know, magic bullet. There's that, probably levels to it too on how right, good you can exactly, be like right, anything else. Right. And I, I'm, I, I'm not a, a braggadocious type of person. Like I know I'm good at what I do and I know there's people that are much better, you know, whatever. It's just, it, it's the way it is. Um, but I think confidence is key. You know, it's like I, I know my audience. Uh, I, I've been very successful in this area. And uh, so far, the the formula has been working. That's the thing with public speaking, right? It's confidence. Yeah, exactly. Knowing that whatever you say, that's what you're going to say and stand behind right. it. Right. You know? Right. Dude, do you mind if we shift gears a little bit? No, not at all. Because, I mean, I could, you are a great talker, and I could talk to you about all this stuff for a long, long time. But I got to go back to something you said because I'm really curious sure. about it. You had a girlfriend. Yeah. And you were, uh, what, a, a, an older teenager at this yeah. point? Mm -hmm. So I've had plenty of gay friends, and I've mm -hmm. asked them in the past, like, so when, when did you know? And he's like, mm -hmm. well, when did you know you were straight kind of mm -hmm. thing? I've never met someone who said, I became gay. <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah, I, 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 when, <laughs> when I tell people that, you know, it's, it's just, I, I kind of poke fun at, uh, I grew up very conservative. Uh, you know, my, my grandmother was uh, a Reaganite. I, I grew up with that. Um, I am still pretty conservative in my, in my life. It's just, uh, 
you know, my, my outlook is I'm socially liberal and fiscally conservative. Yeah. Um, and I think most people are there I'm, somewhere. I'm right you know, there with you, man. Uh, everything's just so darn polarized these uh, days. It's awful. But no, I, I, I knew I was gay forever. Okay. You know, so you but, did. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it, it's not, you know, the reason I joke is because there are people out there that think you just wake up one day and you're like, I'm going to flip the gay switch today. You know, it, it doesn't work like <laughs> that's that. That's why I thought, that's what I was getting no, from what you said, Ross. No. I was like, wait, maybe there is a switch. No, I, I, I actually, I tried the whole church thing. Uh, I, I went to an evangelical church uh, when I moved out of my house. So the day I turned 18, I left my parents. Uh, I, I walked out. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start my life and, and that's it. So I moved into a mother-in-law suite in Galloway. And the people who owned it, the sweetest people, but they were uh, heavily involved in the church. I liked them, so they're like, come to church with us. So I'm like, oh, maybe this is going to help me not be gay. Uh, so I, I tried it. No, wow. still gay. Um, but yeah, I, I dated that girls all through high school. still happens this day and age. Yeah, huh? right. Or, yeah, it's, it's in the water. Be careful. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's out there. Yeah, um, it's pretty sad. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. But I, I knew because the emotional connection was just never there. And I had one girlfriend who I was with for almost three years. And I'm too nice. I didn't know how to end it. Oh. <laughs> so I, yeah. I just started working more and she ultimately ended it. I'm like, oh, nice. I, I escaped. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to hurt anybody's feelings. It's just, I'm, 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 I'm busy all the time. I can't do it. But uh, yeah, but now I'm, that's how I became gay. Yeah. And, and you're married to like your cameraman, right? Yeah. 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 I, he, uh, we met at ShopRite when I was at Galloway uh, eight years ago. Uh, he was always involved in the TV aspect of, of, of things. Uh, he was an intern at, at Channel 40. I got him in there. Uh, he was a camera guy at SNJ. Uh, now he's a marketing director, but uh, he still does all my camera work and editing when I need it. Right on. So we at the end of every episode, I get something called a chat pack. Totally random questions. Okay. We'll see what happens with oh, that. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Be afraid. <laughs> but before that, just going to uh, go right through a couple of these questions. Um, <laughs> the I, You know what I love to watch? I, I, I love to watch news fails. And I'm just curious, <laughs> have you got any for me? I, there's one that I'm actually part of, of this video on YouTube uh, that has like 3 million views. <gasps> I don't know how they even got it, but they got it somehow. So we were opening up the newscast and Michelle Don Mooney uh, comes on. She's the first person you see. She's introducing what's coming up next. I'm always at the top of the, the, the newscast in the A block. And I'm just walking to my spot on the green screen. Well, they had the green screen keyed up. You wouldn't know because it's just going to show whatever's on the, on the, the camera. So Michelle was on there. I walk up and I'm standing on her face. And she's like, <laughs> oh, this guy is here. So, you know, it's nothing crazy. But, yes, we were involved in that. I, I've made some flubs over the years. Uh, I, I was doing one. Uh, Facebook Live during a severe weather uh, event uh, a few months back. It was over the summer. And I thought, similar thing, I, I have a switcher that's at my desk. And I switch from the camera view that is on me at my desk to the green screen. And I just walk over there. Well, I left it on the camera view. 
and my monitor that I look at on the left-hand side of the wall was off. So I thought I was going to be slick. I crawled under the camera <laughs> and I, I turned on the TV. Then I, I turn around and I'm like, oh, that camera's still on. So everybody watched me just <laughs> army crawl across the floor to turn on that TV. Uh, so that... You know, it's it's inevitable. I, yeah, I, I've I, seen a lot worse. Yeah, <laughs> I, I say things, I, I do things that, you know, it, it's it's funny, and I'm sure in the digital age, it's all out there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. All right, uh, something else, man. It sounds like you're doing fantastic. I'm. I don't even know you, and I'm super proud of you. But uh, do you have any future plans, or do you just want to keep sticking with this, or do you have aspirations to? do something else or something, I don't know, for lack of a better word, bigger. I don't know. My, my goal is first and foremost, I want to be retired by 40. What? Uh, I have a 10 year plan. Dude, uh, are you serious? Yes. Uh, Why I, do you want to be done so quick? Well, no, not, I want my house paid off. I want no bills. I just want to, anything that comes in is just gravy. Uh, financially, I want to be retired in, in 10 years and then invest in stuff and whatnot. I will always I don't think I could physically retire and get away from this at all because be bored. I, I, I would, I, I, I get bored when I go on vacation, I could be in Mexico on the beach and I'm still like, well, I got to make this graphic and there's a snowstorm coming and I have to talk about that. It's just who I am. It's, it's ingrained in me. Uh, but growing up, especially my high school years, poor, like family on food stamps, that's the biggest motivating factor. I also, want to get more involved in helping others. Uh, I do a lot of work, but it's not nearly as much as I, I, I should be doing. Um, every Thanksgiving, I do a, uh, I pick two families and I supply them with a full Thanksgiving meal. Uh, so on my website, uh, if you're interested, if you wanna submit a nomination, uh, maybe for yourself, uh, it's noreasternick.com forward slash Thanksgiving. And you just tell me why you think that you are uh, deserving of a, a, a full turkey meal. Um, usually, I have a whole bunch of people that donate stuff too. So in addition to the two people, last year we helped 100 different people. Uh, I had a local Whoa. business that matched every donation and we ended up with like $5,000 and we turned that into gift cards. Uh, so that kind of stuff I love doing. Uh, when we had the tornadoes in September, I toward the devastation the very next day with the National Weather Service. And I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. Brought me back to when Sandy happened. Uh, I said, you know what? I have too big of a platform not to do anything. So we organized a dine and donate event with me uh, in May's Landing and we raised $10,000 in a week. And we donated that to the United Way of Gloucester County. So I see myself heading up, uh, I'm, I'm going to officially create my foundation, the Nor'easter Nick Foundation, and uh, helping people in various ways. Uh, that is where ultimately I want to go. I, I, I want to continue to grow my platform to make a positive influence on the community. Uh, I, I love what I do. I will always be doing weather in some aspect, but uh, I think a, a bigger driving force behind me is doing good in the community. Um, I've been approached by members of both political parties to run for office. Really? Uh, Congress, state Senate, and, and whatnot. You want to do that? Uh, no. Yeah, dude, don't um, do it. I, 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 I've, People love you, man. I, I, don't I know, do it. I know. Uh, th as soon as you pick a side, 50% of the people hate they you. They hate you. Regardless no of what, what you, you yes. do or say. Uh, the only way I would ever do it uh, down the road is, 
uh, and I've kicked around this idea because I've done the math and it is possible, is to run as an independent. And I don't want any influence by the left or the right and just be my own person. And all you have to do is collect 34% of the vote because you would split it three ways. Uh, I, I'm liberal enough to get the uh, some of the Democratic vote, and I'm conservative enough to get the some of the Republican vote. So that would offset uh, to, to you know give me a very good chance. But I'm the kind of person I get very frustrated when you can't get things done. And in government, you never get anything done. So I I'm better off as a private citizen uh, working to help people where I am. I, I think I'm more powerful against the politicians to get what I want because I'm such a big voice yes. and I, I'm not yes. just held back by whatever, you know, politics are popular at the time. Like I champion both conservative and liberal causes based on who I think is going to be helped the most, you know? So, uh, I don't know. So with all the things you do, I just want to throw this out into the universe, whether it's uh, podcasting or doing live shows, hosting parties, whatever, uh, just throwing it out to the universe. If we ever could meet up and, uh, put some kind of project together Absolutely. for kids yes. or for whatever, you know, would love to. Yeah. I mean, we have a ton of campers who come here every year and I'm sure they would love to meet you just throwing it out there. So sure. one day maybe you could uh, work with the kids of uh, my place over yeah, here. I would love to last thing before we get into the chat pack. And that is a, uh, you're a picky eater. Right oh here. my God. Yes. What, what is it with that, man? Uh, What's, what? So my grandmother was not a, uh, a cooker. Um, she, we would make TV meals. Uh, we would go out to uh, uh, buffets. I, I was a chubby little kid. Uh, you were? Oh my god, yes, it was funny. I, and until I sprouted up when I was like twelve, uh, I, I was a little chubby kid uh, because I loved my buffets. I, I loved Ooh, McDonald's and Burger King and dangerous. whatnot. I know. Uh, I look back on it. I'm like, what was I thinking, <laughs> dude? You ever eat that way now? You feel no, like crap. I, I, I try to avoid fast food at all costs, um, but. She could make like three things, and uh, I, I would, I became accustomed to eating chicken, uh, burgers, pasta, and that was really it. Uh, cheese, I will eat mozzarella. Uh, I will eat on it's cheddar, I, right? I, I, I won't eat cheddar. Won't you? You want uh, monster? I, I, or, uh, I, I will not eat anything but mozzarella. Anything but mozzarella. Or um, excuse me, we're in Hamilton. Yeah, mozzarella. Mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> Very close to Bagliani's uh, over which, there. So let, let me say for the record, okay, I was born Nicholas Anthony Mangano. So I am one of you. I just changed my name. My, my I'm truth be told, I'm, I'm half Italian and half Jewish. My, my oh, I'm a Jew. Really? Yeah, I'm Jew. Oh, I'm, look at I'm that. full Jew. Well, look at that. Well, <laughs> yeah. it, it's my mother's side, so I'm covered. You know, no matter what oh, happens yeah, in the it. end, I'm, I'm covered. Do you know it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so. Uh, my, my grandmother, I, I adopted her name, uh, and uh, for I just the day I turned eighteen when I moved out, I just changed everything. I wanted nothing to do with the previous four years of my life. I just wanted to reset, and uh, you know that, that's where I uh, I ended up. But uh, no, to this day, yeah, I I, I, pizza? I, pizza? I love pizza. I, I I love cannolis. I love cheesecake. I think it's like dessert cheese is fine. But cheese on anything else, no, I, I, I just won't do. I, I had a, a grilled cheese sandwich for the first time two years ago, mm. and it was a mozzarella cheese. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, because I, I won't do anything else. That's not a grilled cheese, my friend. I, I've never had avocado. I've never had sour cream. Dude, and you've never tasted the flavor of an avocado? No. No, because it's green and mushy. 
Yes, I, I am afraid of, of guacamole. Certain foods. Yes, I, I know. I, I I hear it's like the greatest thing ever. It's a texture thing for you. Well, I, I wouldn't even know. I have I've never had it. <laughs> I, I I just decide that looks gross. I'm not eating that. Wow. And that that's you're just, like my kids. <laughs> exactly. I I am mentally six years old. <laughs> All right. Well, all right. I got you, dude. Are you ready for the chat pack, brother? I'm ready. All right. You're going to get a total of two questions. You're going to okay. go ahead and point to the one that I read to you. Okay. Good luck. Oh, he's going for the middle. Here we go. If your city or town could have more of something than any other place in the United States, what would you want that to be? Could be anything more playgrounds, more this, more that. What would you want in your city more? of than anywhere else in the country? That's a great question because I know exactly what the answer is. Uh, where I am in Gloucester County, uh, there's been study after study after study for uh, two decades now about uh, this Gloucester County line, which is uh, a rail line that's going to connect Camden to Glassboro. Uh, I am a public transit uh, advocate. Um, like I said earlier, if I didn't become a meteorologist, I would have been a locomotive engineer. I collect trains. I went New Jersey Transit shut down the Atlantic City line four years ago. Uh, I came out and we got them to reopen it uh, because I knew they were lying behind the scenes that they weren't uh, being forthright with the public. They wanted the equipment and the crews for North Jersey because South Jersey doesn't matter to them. Uh, but we got them to open it up. That was my, my first real jab at uh, you know the public stage. I, I got a lot of attention wow. for that. Uh, but more public transit we need I, and this isn't just exclusive to uh, uh washington township but across new jersey as a whole south jersey especially because back in 1950 1960 it was so much easier to travel by rail or public transit than it is today and there's something wrong with that you know for the environment uh the clean air uh, congestion on the roads yeah. I, i'm a, a huge fan of uh, rail transportation and we'll see i, I mean you know, we said earlier on that uh, the government never gets anything done, but we'll see with this infrastructure bill. I, I, we're supposed to get more uh, rail travel, uh, uh, better railroads, uh, expansion of service. So we'll see. I loved it because I lived in New York City. And it's like if I wanted to see my family upstate or here in New Jersey, get on that oh, train. Yeah. I could read a book. Right, exactly. Just so easy. Out. It's so awesome. easy. So, yes, that probably not the, the typical answer to your question, but. Uh. No, but good one nonetheless. <laughs> wow. All right, one more, my All man. All right, we're going to go to that one. Oh, he's going for the end. Let's see what happens. Ooh. If you could uninvent any past invention, which would it be? Now, before you answer that, before you decide what you would uninvent, consider all ramifications of eliminating this invention. Hmm. Wow, this is like a. Uh, I'm standing on the stage of uh, Miss America. Yeah, and yeah, and such, and such. Huh. Yeah. You know, uh, honestly, as convenient as they make our lives, I'd have to say a cell phone. You do away with the iPhones. Right, because, and I am guilty of it myself. I, I am not above it. My attention, especially because of my job, 70% of the day I'm going to have neck problems. It's always down into the phone, just engrossed in whatever's awful, going right? on. It is. And it's, I'm ashamed to admit that I'm part of the problem, but it, I think we all are. And the interpersonal communication is lacking these days. With kids too. Oh my God. I, I mean, when I was in school, 
There was none of this, obviously. No. You had to talk to people. You had to pick up the rotary phone and, and call somebody. Uh, I, I don't think kids these days know how to pick up. Well, I, I don't even know if real phones actually exist. I mean, there are landlines out there somewhere. <laughs> I haven't had a phone in Have my Have you ever life. had a landline to landline conversation? <laughs> right? Like, I, I know. It, it's been a, a long house time. house call. No I way. Know, I know. But no, I, I think if, if we could go back in time and uh, just stop that. But I mean, so much would change in the course so of human history. So much would change. But I think that that's the case with most inventions. You, know? you would uh, you would definitely be losing out on instant information and and other things. But gosh, right. I, I personally think it would be worth it. I know. I yeah. agree. I agree. My brother, uh, before you get out of here, is there anyone out there in the world that you want to give a shout out to? Hmm. That's a. You know what? I, I'm just going to give a a shout out to uh, my. My crew here in Hamilton, because we are working on the Access Hamilton TV channel that we're, we're building. So Denise Mazio and, uh, oh. and uh, Detective Dave Russell, uh, it's just the three of us that, that run this thing. And we put on a half hour show every uh, month. It's a public affairs show with, with Hamilton. And uh, look, that the city council, the, the whole town, everybody's, everybody's been so supportive of what we're uh, going to do. So i very appreciative of that. And we're uh, going to do some big things in 2022. Hell yeah. Well, I'm appreciative of you. Thank you for coming on. You're welcome. I really hope we do something in the future. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Nor'easter Nick. Nick.